I vividly remember having a board in our basement at my house. I lived with eight girls and we would print out our rejection letters and go down and like throw darts at them. It was like, just like (laughs) another no, like, all right, here we go. It's kind of like this ceremony. And yeah, just really at that point being like, wow, like I feel like all of the doors have closed. That's Julie Sullivan, co-founder of the nut butter company Ground Up. I love this story Julie shared because it's so relatable. That experience of throwing, usually figurative, darts at the wall because you're over door after door being closed in your face. That feeling of being so exhausted and adrift that it tips over into being kind of hilarious. Hi, I'm Lara Dolch, and you're listening to She Knows the Way a show about deciding what's next when doing what's expected no longer feels right. For me, Julie's rejection letter dartboard reminds me of the early days of starting my first business. I felt exhausted, confused, and overwhelmed a lot of the time, completely out of my comfort zone. Another time I felt overwhelmed? In the freaking nut butter aisle at Whole Foods, which is where I first came across Ground Up, the company that Julie, who you just heard from, co-founded with Carolyn Cesario. And y'all, their nut butter is good, despite the endless alternatives in that Whole Foods aisle. I was a Ground Up loyalist after the first time I tried it. And I should share with my listeners that I invited you on the podcast because I'm I'm going to use the word obsessed because I literally am obsessed <laughs> with your nut butters. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what is your favorite? I'm actually curious. What's your favorite flavor right now? Ooh, um, we both actually love the coconut cardamom. Sometimes we'll lie because we're like, yeah. we should have different favorites. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is that's definitely both of our favorites. Although customers just love the cinnamon snickerdoodle. <laughs> that's by far our best seller. So well, right now we're just about to launch the nutty banana bread. And I am obsessed because nut butter and banana is like my favorite breakfast. So now just double that on top with nutty banana bread and a banana. It's amazing. <laughs> it's not just the flavors that are amazing. It's also the company's mission. Ground Up employs women who are facing some kind of adversity. Maybe it's a mark on their criminal record. Maybe it's homelessness. And through their employment training program, Ground Up trains these women in skills they can use to transition to the next phase of their life and gives them a much-needed confidence boost. Of course, for Julie and Carolyn, it didn't all come together just like that. Like so many women you'll hear from on this show, their path was not laid out in front of them as a set of tranquil stepping stones. In fact, you already know about how rocky Julie's first step was. It was that dartboard wall of rejection letters she kept getting right after she graduated from college. I was applying to tons of different jobs and people were like, you should do Teach for America. You would be amazing at that. You should go do a Fulbright. You'll totally get picked and essentially made it to like the last rounds of Teach for America, Fulbright, AmeriCorps, like all these programs. And in the end, like got told no from all of them. In that moment, I'm feeling really discouraged and not sure what step to take next. While Julie was discouraged and drumming up options, Carolyn Cesario, who would later co-found Ground Up with Julie, was also walking a path that didn't feel quite right. I was very much like a by-the-books person. I did what I kind of was told and what was expected of me. I was like the oldest child in my family and very much a goody-two-shoes. So I basically like did really well in high school, got a scholarship to a business college, went there, didn't even really like business, but didn't give that much thought. 
And then I found myself doing business consulting afterwards. And I was working in Boston. I was flying every week wearing a business suit, getting on a plane on Mondays at 6 a.m. and coming back Thursdays at 9 p.m. And I just did not feel like I was living the life that I should be. I basically found myself in this moment where I knew something wasn't right. Carolyn and Julie each felt stuck, like they were spinning their wheels but not getting anywhere. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? Julie took stock of what she did have going for her. I think what did help me to kind of like take a step forward and to carry on was just just really having that belief and kind of re-going to the drawing board of like, okay, what is my skill set? What is like you know, maybe a smaller step that I can take towards like these bigger visions or bigger dreams that I have. And during that time is when I started applying for jobs abroad. And ultimately, long story short, like that's what led me to go live in Uganda for two years. Julie had applied for a position in Uganda where she would be involved in running a workforce training program. She still remembers getting the call that she'd landed the job. They were like, all right, you've got the opportunity. You need to move in two weeks. And It was like no question in my mind. It was just like, yes. Like within five (laughs) seconds, I was like, yes, I'll be there. Send me the plane ticket. Which is so rare. Like very few people would sign up that quickly to go to I just remember feeling this huge sense of like, yeah, just like relief and excitement. Like, yeah, there were a little bit of nerves, but just like that feeling when you're like, oh yeah, this is like what I'm made to do. And this is like what the next step is supposed to be. So Julie got on a plane and moved to Uganda. Meanwhile, Carolyn was looking for answers abroad, too. I was fortunate enough to be able to take a sabbatical from the company I was working for for six months, and I traveled during that time, and I went to Southeast Asia. During that time, I ended up in Bali working for a vegan coconut ice cream company, and I realized that working at this like small little startup, making ice cream every day, delivering it around town, I started working on like, their financials and business strategy and all this stuff, and I was like, oh, this is, this is fun. Like This is what I want to be doing. When Carolyn got back to the U.S., she tried to chase that ice cream company feeling. Like, I just knew that I had a whole creative side to me that I had never even explored. And so I'd started a little, like, food blog and started doing recipe stuff. I was even looking into, like, culinary schools or writing programs. Nothing was quite hitting the mark. But here's the thing. Carolyn now had a mark she was trying to hit. She had a new sense of what her dream job might include. Something that let her be creative and connected to community, and where she could flex her financial skills. And she now had a sense of the feeling that would let her know she was on the right track. I'm curious about, you were talking about um, working um, at the company in Bali and sort of noticing that you felt alive and more like yourself. Tell me about that experience and and how you kind of um, put words to what you were feeling so that you could look for it elsewhere. Mm, yeah, that's a great question. I journal a lot. And so that entire time, especially I was I was writing every night. And I think I had also journaled before I left. And it was really helpful for me to be able to look back and see like, all of these journal entries where I was literally like wide awake at night in my apartment in Boston. And I would be like, my eye is twitching. Like, I'm so stressed. I don't want to be here. Like, what do I want to do next? Like all of these like really intense entries. And then by contrast, like reading through some of the ones when I was doing other things. I was like, wow, that was such a great day. Like I felt so a lot, you know, it was just the contrast there was so stark and so obvious to me. And I think that journaling has always been something that helps me. I don't think I'm as good at always like reading my body, if that makes sense. Like I am so pragmatic and overthink everything. And so having a way to 
to write things down and like reflect back. Like I can look and see the progress in myself. And that's, that's the knowledge that I need to move forward, if that makes sense. In our conversation, Julie shared ways that she tunes into her inner knowing as well. The way she describes it, Julie's approach is more intuitive and connected to her spirituality. Personally, like as a person of faith, I use like prayer and meditation. Um, And so I think for me, like I had been in that state for like months of like, okay, like I'm open, like, you know, speaking to God personally. And so that sense inside me and like my heart and mind was like, yep. Okay. Like I just felt that like inner peace. So I think that that's something that like I've grown to connect with more, but in like those times of uncertainty that I really lean on that. Yeah. I love that. I love that you have those practices to let you do that. I think that's so, so important that being able to, to get still is sort of the way that I think of it. So the other thing I'm hearing in both of your stories is there was some sampling happening, like as you were figuring this out. Um, and it's actually side note is relevant to a book that I'm reading right now that you might enjoy. And, and maybe some of my listeners, it's called range, but it talks about this myth of specialization and how we're pushed in our culture to specialize early that that's the only way you can get good at something is to specialize early when in reality according to research that sampling behavior that especially that you talked about carolyn like i tried this and i tried this and i tried this is is ultimately what apparently creates long-term success um, because it you're looking for a match so i'm curious about in that experience for you as you were sampling those different things, what you were picking up on, like, okay, well, this works and this doesn't. Like, tell me about that discernment process. What comes to mind for me is like, I find that I always gravitate towards kind of the same roles or the same projects. So for instance, like at the ice cream company, I was just brought on to like help make some ice cream at one point. And then I very much was like, oh, you need help with like your website. You need help with your sales sheets. You want help with your business plan? Like, I love those things. I'll jump in and help. And I had found those patterns throughout my life, like helping friends with certain things. You start to just kind of realize like, oh, these are areas that I actually really enjoy. And like, I want to go out of my way to spend energy on. And I think letting that kind of like natural inclination guide me and realize, oh, I actually, if I like those things and don't even need to get paid to do them, then maybe I should find jobs where I can do those things and maybe get get paid for that. (laughs) Julie's time abroad and her intuition had shown her what she wanted to spend her time and energy on, too. While managing the employment training program in Uganda, Julie connected with its mission. And really saw just the power in providing a woman overcoming adversity with an opportunity and the trickle-down effect that that could have not only in their life, but also amongst their family and their community. Once she was back in the States, Julie jumped around to a few different jobs to pay the bills, and she also started looking into employment training programs in the U.S. While other programs do exist, she found there was still a huge need. There is this gap in employment for women overcoming adversity, and they're motivated to work but lack the skills, experience, or confidence to be hired by an employer. And so starting an unemployment training program became the mark that Julie was trying to hit. She met with around 50 organizations over the course of a few months to figure out how to make it happen. I was like, all right, I really want to start this business, but I needed a product to fuel that training program. So that's when Carolyn entered in. Carolyn and Julie's paths finally crossed while they were both working at an ethical fashion brand by day. 
Outside of work, though, they were both still sampling and experimenting with what lit them up. And for Carolyn, that meant literally sampling, with her taste buds, delicious foods and flavors. And so I started making honey-sweetened almond cashew butters and selling them to, like, friends, family, and coworkers. Carolyn brought in nut butters to the office as a gift, and I tried it and was like, oh my gosh, this is the best. Like, I am obsessed with nut butters. And I was like, how did you make this? And asked Carolyn if I could come to her house and learn how to make nut butters. Um, And it was really on that night, like we stayed up for hours, concocting different flavors. We had a lot of fun. Carolyn, you know, she knew she could see me, like my wheels turning. I was always on the side, like trying to get this business up and running. And she was like, why haven't you started the business? Like, what are you waiting for to start this job training program? And it was like, I'm waiting for the right product to accompany it. And so it was pretty much overnight that we decided, like, yeah. let's give it I a shot. Shortly thereafter, we realized that that could be the product that would fuel the, the employment training program. And to me, knowing that I had a product that I could offer to that, it was very much like, oh, yeah, we'll try this out. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear from Julie and Carolyn about how they got their product on grocery shelves, how they structure their work to play to their strengths, and what's next for Ground Up. Welcome back. When we left Julie and Carolyn, they were in Carolyn's kitchen, dreaming up nut butter recipes and the business idea for Ground Up. In retelling this story, it stands out to me what perfect compliments these two were to each other, that each had a piece the other was looking for. You could almost say they went together like nut butter and jelly. In all seriousness, though, Julie and Carolyn meeting each other reminds me of that old saying, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. The way I see it, both Julie and Carolyn showed up to this opportunity prepared with a self-awareness about their own skills and values, and a business savvy they picked up from their time working for other small companies. I definitely always had like an entrepreneurial drive and wanted to start something, but also recognized that that, because I am more of an introvert, like wasn't going to be something I did on my own mm-hmm. and kind of was just waiting for the right thing. And I also, for me, I knew if I started something, it had to have more of a mission behind it. And so the fact that what Julie wanted to do was like a job training program was definitely intriguing. Yeah, I know. I want to talk more about that because I think I mentioned to you, Carolyn, when I first reached out that it was the social mission that originally attracted me to it. Like, I mean, something about the packaging caught my eye, but then it, when I picked it up, I remember very distinctly flipping it over and reading about the social mission and being like, oh, okay, I'm going to buy this now. Like, and, and it just happened to be also amazing. Our big thing for us was always that like the product had to come first. Like people had to enjoy the nut butter and want to have it because if the mission was always first, people would try it once. And if the product wasn't great, they would never have it again. As I've shared, but is worth repeating, their nut butter is amazing. But I don't want to sell the mission short here. Ground Up is committed to creating opportunities for women, regardless of their background, and to creating a culture of respect and care. One place this shows up is in their hiring process. It's a very different hiring process than your typical employer. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we do hire individuals with criminal backgrounds and often those are the individuals that come in that are just like, I just need an opportunity. I need a foot in the door. And just because of that stamp on their record, they can't be given an opportunity or a second chance. And so that's, what's really important for us is to focus on 
where do you want to go? And those motivated individuals are the ones that we want to provide opportunities to. And for us, really the criteria, we're not looking at anyone's background or their past. We're looking forward. But having a great product and a mission behind it is just one side of the equation. Once they had those in place, Carolyn and Julie still had to figure out how to run their own business in an industry they knew next to nothing about. I think we were just like really ambitious, like, great, we'll get into the farmer's markets. Like we'll get into grocery stores. Like this is going to be easy. I'm great at selling. And just like neither of us have a background in grocery and like the wholesale business. And so I think just learning like all the layers of the UPC codes, the nutritional facts. Like I think a five-year vision of ours was to be in grocery stores nationally, actually, which now knowing how hard it is to get into one single account, even in the Northwest, that's really comical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did you push through moments where you were like, oh, God, this sucks. What have we done? You know, like, or maybe you didn't have those moments, but I'm guessing that you might have had a few. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of those. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think so much of it is like a mental game. You know, I think it was easy to like go into a grocery store and I'm like, oh, no, there's too much nut butter. Like, there's too many other companies or competitors. And comically, we would buy every brand of nut butter and have them in the office. And those days when it was like, oh no, a store just denied us because they have too much nut butter. We'd try the other brands and be like, no, we are the best tasting nut butter. We believe that. (laughs) All right. I got to get back on the horse. Like, you know, so I think a lot of it was like that mental game and that reminder of like, also like, no, we're doing something bigger and like, we believe so strongly in our mission that we have to push through and persevere in those moments. Um, I think as well, like reaching out to mentors and starting to connect with other people in the food business and start to realize like, okay, this is very normal. And you've often got to take like 10 no's before you get one open door. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that waiting game is actually the best thing that happened for you. I also think growth just hasn't looked like what we expected it to. So sometimes you know, we thought that like growth would come from a grocery account and then that door maybe closes for a certain account that we're trying to get into. But then like Burgerville, which is a local shake chain came to us and they were interested in carrying our nut butter for one of their shakes. And that has proven to be one of our biggest accounts. Like that takes up two production days a month, Mm -hmm. which for us is huge. It's a lot of hours for our team, a lot of employ more women. So that I remember that came along at a time that like all of these grocery accounts had said no. And then like mm-hmm. all of a sudden out of the blue, this opportunity came along. So mm-hmm. I think we've been fortunate in that sense. Like every time we're kind of down and, and need that like lift up, we're like, okay, well, how else can we grow? What are other opportunities? So I know we're talking about grocery accounts and nut butter assortments here, but the way Julie and Carolyn approached the unknown feels worth calling out. They had a plan to get their products on shelves, but they left themselves open to new ways to achieve that plan. They left room for growth and for the unexpected. Another way Julie and Carolyn have helped their business grow? Playing to their own strengths and then helping their team grow into those strengths too. I'm very detail-oriented. I handle like all of our finances and money and I also have a background in business and I love writing. And so I've done like all of our business plans and we joke that Julie will like draft up a doc and then I'm the one that comes in and like edits it, makes it pretty. But I also do all of our product development and marketing. I think definitely our skill sets blend really nicely together because 
Julie wants to be out there talking to people and I'd way rather be behind the scenes working on like some of the details of things to make them come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, I just want to say for my listeners, and you can tell me if you, if this resonates with you, but like sometimes your strengths aren't necessarily the things that you should be doing, right? Like that's something that I've learned like the hard way, like just because you're good at something (laughs) doesn't mean you should be doing it. Does that, does that resonate with either of you? Yeah. I would say that both of us love to learn. Like I think we do thrive in a weird way on the challenge of the next thing. And that's probably the one shared trait we have. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's also something to be said, like particularly, you know, a strength of mine is like working with people and mentorship and that aspect of things. But as the business grows, I think we've both like had periods where we've had to like stop and acknowledge like, okay, maybe this is a strength of mine, but it's time to like, let that go and like train someone else up Mm -hmm. or build someone else up in that role so that I can focus on sales or like this other aspect of the business that's Mm -hmm. really important. This dance of owning what they're great at, but not clutching it too tightly has served Julie and Carolyn well. Ground Up now has grocery distribution across the Northwest and is sold in independent shops nationwide. And they currently employ 16 women in Ground Up's employment training program. Julie and Carolyn have a lot to be proud of. And they recognize that their success is shared with the people around them. Along the way, they've learned to lean on their networks for support. I think a lot of it has been just like, I mean, the Portland food community is like so supportive. But I think like really incredible community. And I think it's just like getting up the like confidence to just like send an email to someone and be like, Hey, I really admire what you do. Do you have 20 minutes of your time that I could schedule a call? Julie also has no problem. She loves networking events, which I hate. Like (laughs) definitely she's the extrovert of the two of us, but we'll go to networking events and she has her eye on exactly who she wants to talk to. And she'll just go right up to them and be like, Hey, like exactly what she just said. I like what you're doing. Like I would love to connect. Here's what I'm trying to get going. And like, can we mm-hmm. chat? And I feel like that's proven to be so helpful. Those relationships that you formed mostly, Julie, have just guided us throughout the business. And it's just sometimes you just need wisdom from someone who's been there before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's been really helpful. Yeah. And knowing that reality is like even people who are super busy, like those who are farther along the path have also told us too, like, hey, like I gain encouragement too from your energy yeah, and totally. like where you're at. Like there's always something to learn from one another, even if someone else is farther along in the path. Mm-hmm. In addition to seeking out mentors and asking for help, another source of wisdom Carolyn and Julie look to is the women who work for Ground Up. I think resilience is the first word that comes to my mind. Just, yeah, the situations that, you know, women on the team we work with have gone through are some really intense and extreme or traumatizing experiences and still to show up to work every day and work really hard. I think that I've seen a ton of resilience in so many of our employees and just the strength Mm -hmm. that each of them has to overcome and to, you know, climb back up like baby steps to the top of the hill Mm -hmm. and know that there's going to be like some slip backs and like that happens. Like I, I do believe that like, as someone is making progress, like I almost, I feel like there's more resistance that comes in those periods when someone is making that transformation in their life. And so being able to like fall four steps back down the hill, but to get back up and like continue to climb. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's remarkable because in order for them to have gotten to the place where they're working here, like they have had to advocate for themselves tirelessly for a long time. And I definitely see in a lot of our women, like they all have their own kind of practices that allow them to get there. And so like 
for one of our women, it's like, she loves to journal for another one. She loves like the meditative act of like making blankets and someone else makes jewelry. Like they all have their kind of like practice that helps them kind of center. And I think, yeah, I just have so much respect for them. The day I interviewed Julie and Carolyn was exactly five years after that conversation in Carolyn's kitchen where it all started. And that five-year milestone had given them both a chance to look back on the road that led them here. Congratulations. I love that we're talking on that day. That's a big deal. Yeah. How does that feel today? It's pretty wild, honestly. I think we've been doing a lot of reflecting over the last week and just kind of can't quite believe that the dream that we had when we first started it has actually come to fruition. I think you know, you, you get started with something and you have this idea of like, oh yeah, you know, our, our five-year goal, like we mapped out our five-year vision, like from day one, we were very clear on what we wanted it to be. And to see that that's actually happened, like, of course there's been twists and turns and it doesn't look exactly like we thought it would, but overall, like our big goals have been met and that feels pretty crazy. So Julie and I are definitely the type of people though, we're, we're already onto the next five-year vision. So. (laughs) (laughs) So Carolyn and Julie have their sights set on the future. And they're charting a path toward that vision. They're at a new inflection point. And they're wise enough to know that even with a crystal clear vision, the path they take to get there will change along the way. As they walked me through the backstory of how they got to where they are now, it was clear to me that they've learned so much that will help them no matter what the next phase brings, like how to lean on the networks and communities around them, and how to stay in touch with their core values and intuition while pushing themselves to grow. The skill that has stuck with me most since my conversation with Julie and Carolyn is their relentless willingness to just try things out. Those times when they threw out darts at rejection letters, at career ideas, at nut butter recipes that would make people come back for more. This experimentation, or sampling, is such an important part of finding what's next. And it's so easy to overlook because it never feels like moving forward. I don't know about you, but when I approach moments of feeling stalled with a sense of curiosity, magic happens, both in my kitchen and in my life. Because the only way to find out if an ingredient works is to try it. I'd love to hear from you, too. If you're experimenting with any new recipes in your own life kitchen, which attempts have been duds and which have been surprisingly delicious? Email us at hello at lauradolch.com to tell us your stories of experimenting your way forward. Special thanks to Carolyn Cesario and Julie Sullivan for speaking with us for this episode. If you'd like to connect with them, you can get in touch via their website, grounduppdx.com, or on Instagram at grounduppdx. And if you want to support their work or decide for yourself if you prefer coconut cardamom or cinnamon snickerdoodle, you can buy ground up nut butter from a shop near you using their store locator at your local Whole Foods if you live in the Northwest or directly from their website. She Knows the Way will be back with another episode in two weeks. We'll hear from Kelsey Abbott, a triathlete, professional coach, and human design reader about how to use human design as a tool to tap into your natural ease and insights about moving forward. I always find myself like, there's this set path, and then there's, oh, Kelsey's carving her own path. And I just have learned to trust that and to stop trying to go to the path that already exists. It's just not for me, I'm here to bushwhack. This episode of She Knows the Way was produced by Jennifer McCord, Nikki Stein, and me, Laura Dolch. Music selections were made by Eric Rabenna. 
For more episodes, hit subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to stay in touch, follow me on Instagram at at Lara Dolch and sign up for our newsletter at lauradolch.com forward slash podcast or by clicking the link in the episode notes. If you're finding value in this show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a lot and it helps other people find the show. And if there's someone in your life who's going through a job or life change or even considering one, please send an episode their way. Until next time, trust that you know the way. Thank you.